folding pocket. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. Sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends April 30th. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you mindlessly swiping on Hinge? Coaxing your hubby to binge Love is Blind? Wondering where all the rose ceremonies and romantic getaways are when dating IRL? Welcome to Two Black Girls, One Rose. A podcast uncovering what we can learn about modern dating, love, and relationships from popular television. I'm Natasha. And I'm Justine. We're best friends, TV and film fanatics, and hopeless romantics. And every week on our podcast, we're dissecting your favorite TV show and seeing if it can teach us a thing or two about love. Look, if I'm going to spend hours watching Love is Blind, I better learn something from it. Whether it's how to end my situationship or how to not marry a man-child. Listen to us on all podcast platforms every week. And for bonus and video content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash two black girls, one rose. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now. Welcome back to The Fast and the Curious. I'm Christian Hugill. Hello, Betty Glover. Hello, Christian Hugill. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well. The eagle-eared amongst you. Is that, a, is that a phrase, eagle-eared, or is it eager-eared? It's eagle-eyed, I think. I don't eagle-eyed. think it's eagle-eared. <laughs> no, I, I think I made that up. Yeah, you did. But I like it. I like it. Let's go with it. It can be our podcast slogan. Okay, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Yeah, the eagle-eared amongst you will have noticed Greg James isn't here today. He's incredibly busy doing important things, but he has, Betty, sent us this message. Christian and Betty, I'm sorry that I can't be with you for the proper recording today, but I'm here in spirit and I hope you feel that in your souls. Today, I would love to hear your thoughts on the Bahrain Grand Prix. I would love to hear you answer some questions because we've had so many amazing questions been emailed in to fastandcurious at acast.com. I've also arranged for Ellie, who is a Formula One newbie, who watched the Bahrain Grand Prix to come on and chat to you about her experiences of it. I'm sure she's got some questions and some amazing things she's pointed out. Plus, we're going to hear from Lando Norris. Hope that's all that's all okay, isn't it? And in the meantime, I'm busily working behind the scenes to come up with some more drivers for us. So keep talking and have fun. Bye. Thanks, Greg James. He'll be back soon. Yeah, we can do all that, can't we? And more. Lando Norris, got that sorted. He'll be on later. Uh, very excited to chat to Ellie as well. We've added that to the list and we've gone above and beyond this week because we've got a Grand Prix debrief with Pierre Gasly. That is coming up soon. But first, did you enjoy the Bahrain Grand Prix? Betty, you were doing football. Two questions, one more important than the other. How was the football and how did you enjoy the Bahrain Grand Prix? 
Uh, the football was very cold. So I can't really remember much about it other than that I was freezing the whole entire time. But yeah, the Bahrain Grand Prix, I found Sunday really stressful because there was so much sport going on that I had about like <laughs> five different screens I was trying to keep on track of. And like with Bahrain, I was like constantly like, I'd miss a little bit and then I'd look look there and I'd be like, oh my God, Fernando Alonso is doing really well. And it was just like, it was a roller coaster of emotions for me, Christian. I have got a question for you, though. Oh, straight away. Go on. Is this going to be a really boring season? No. Because, no, but <laughs> bear with me. I'm worried, though. I'm worried, Christian, because, don't get me wrong, there were some amazing stories from the Bahrain Grand Prix, Fernando Alonso being one, our mate, Pierre Gasly, who we're going to hear from later in the podcast, being another. He had a great, great story, right? But um, Max Verstappen just looks like he's going to walk it. Very briefly... Red Bull have a clear advantage and more of an advantage than I think most people thought they would have going into Bahrain. I agree it looks ominous. And even if the, you know, Red Bulls are slightly more dominant than we'd like them to be at the front, the battle for second between what will probably be Aston, Mercedes and Ferrari looks thrilling. The midfield battle looks thrilling. There will be so much drama and excitement up and down the field. It won't be boring no matter what. And if you want more reflections on the Bahrain Grand Prix... After you've listened to this, go back an episode. Me and Greg James did a little, well, bonus bit where we just, as soon as me and Greg had finished watching the race on TikTok with lots of lovely The Fast and the Curious listeners, thank you if you joined us. We did some we did some reaction. By the way, I'd just like to caveat what I said with, I just love a competitive battle, Christian. Okay? I love it. I hate it when, like a team walks anything. So like, you know, I'm worried that it's just not going to be that competitive. I think a lot, and a lot of F1 fans will feel that way. But as I say, don't panic yet. Well, I'm panicking. I'm full on panic mode. We've had, we've had one Grand Prix. I'm just like, oh my God, what are we doing? Don't panic. There is time. As Greg said, coming up, Lando Norris, Ellie, but first, Pierre Gasly. Now, Betty Glover, Pierre, I'm sensing, is one of those drivers that is already fairly early on in your fanatic F1 fandom, meaning a little bit to you, am I right? Yeah, I love Pierre Gasly. Firstly, I love what he did at the weekend because, quite frankly, he absolutely mucked up qualifying, didn't he? Finished 20th on Saturday. I mean, he must have been just like so angry with himself. And then he managed to turn it around and smashed it on Sunday, finishing ninth. So yeah, I love I love that story. Um, I think it was an amazing comeback. But also, Bahrain was, of course, one of the first races that I have personally properly sat down and watched uh, pretty much in full. But the first ever F1 car that I saw in the flesh, right in front of me, being driven, was by Pierre Gasly. So Pierre's my guy. He's my he's my boy. And we've managed to get a chat with him as well, haven't we? Which is really exciting. Yeah, and he is the first of two driver co-hosts in this episode of The Fast and the Curious. If you're new to Pierre Gasly, he has driven his entire Formula One career so far for Red Bull. He started with their sort of junior, their almost B-team, Alpha Tauri. Uh, he then had a brief stint at Red Bull. It didn't work out as well as he'd have liked. He ended up back at Alpha Tauri. And really, Pierre's been looking for a way to get back to the front of the grid ever since. So he left Alpha Tauri in the summer. He's arrived at Alpine. And this is a massive chance for Pierre to stake a claim of being 
Alpine's number one driver to push Alpine to the front of the grid to battle to win races. He'll hope that Alpine can join that front gang like Aston Martin have done. Uh, and he's going to be very competitive with his teammate Esteban Ocon, who we also love on this podcast and we'll be speaking to again later down the line. But this is what happened when myself and Betty Glover had a chat to the brilliant Pierre Gasly. Hey, Pierre. Nice to meet you. Hi. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I just uh, arrived from uh, Middle East this morning, so a little bit... Uh, jaded. Yeah, not jet-like, but I slept in the plane. I never slept so good in the plane, but it's all good. Let's talk about Bahrain then, because it must have been ridiculously crazy for you. Um, Saturday obviously didn't go very well. Sunday went really well for you. How did it feel? Yeah, well, first of all, I was super super happy and and excited to start this season was the first race with alpine so you know there there was a lot of work um going in the background over the winter trying to prepare for for this season trying to work with the team ahead of this first race and uh yeah it's good it's fun but what i really like is competition i want to compete against the others and i want to rate um you know ourselves and see what what we got so no first of all i was really excited to uh, get the season going and uh, yeah, as you say, it was probably the most terrible Saturday we could have had. Uh, and on the other side of the story, it was it was a very um, good recovery on Sunday. But uh, generally, looking at the big picture, uh, I've been quite pleased with what I've seen in terms of performance, especially on Sunday. And I think we got some uh, good tools to um, to work from. Uh, for, for the couple, uh, the coming weekends. I'm really interested to know, like, how you mentally reset on Saturday night. Like, uh, how did you kind of, like, get yourself mentally into a good place on Sunday morning? You want to know all my secrets? Every single one, if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you officially what I've done, and the un- unofficially will be uh, for later. <laughs> no, no, I mean, um, you know, Saturday night we finished kind of late, so... Um, didn't want to stay at the track for too long. Just got back at the hotel and um, kind of had dinner with my team, trying just just to switch off uh, for a bit. And then I actually got back home. I watched a very entertaining movie. I took a hot bath, did a bit of gaming, and uh, had a, a nice nine-hour sleep before the race. And that's all I, I needed to sort of refocus on um, on the job. But yeah, I mean, there is, as I said, I think in these kind of moments, there is time to analyze after the weekend um, what could have been better, what uh, what were the, the mistakes. and uh, But then at that particular moment, you just got to yeah, reset and, and think about uh, the work that needs to be done on Sunday. It, it's lovely to speak to a fellow Bath fan. <laughs> Greg James, the other presenter of this podcast, loves a bath. Do you have any preferences for a bath, Pierre? Do you like? Uh, it's got to be really hot. Yeah? It's got to be really hot. Yeah, yeah especially yeah, especially before going into bed. I, I won't, uh, I never get in the bath until uh, I see like the smoke coming <laughs> out of the water. So that's, that's how, that's how I like them. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It just relaxed me. I've put my iPad, I watch half of my movie in the bath and then move to the bed and uh yeah, early night, good sleep, good reset. And next day I was yeah, already forgotten on, on qualifying and just focused on the on the job to do in the what race. What a dream. But are we talking bubble bath, 
bath salts, bubble bath, anything like that? Uh, I didn't go that far on Saturday night, but uh, yeah, oh, that's sometimes, a shame. yeah, yeah, I, I didn't have everything available <laughs> um, at the hotel, but um, yeah, yeah, sometimes once in a while, it's, it's kind of nice. What movie did you watch? <laughs> Bloody hell, sorry, my dog. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> One second. One sec. What's happening here, Pierre, is uh, Betty's dog McGinn is barking and Betty's had to leave the interview. Pierre, have you ever heard of the footballer John McGinn? Yeah. Betty's dog is named after John McGinn after and is still barking. <laughs> so annoying. Sorry about that. He will shut up in a minute. Yeah. He wasn't How impressed embarrassing. with the movie. Um, yeah, he's not impressed with your film choice. No. <laughs> Uh, it's actually a really good movie. I didn't have been advised from one of my friends. Uh, it's about a mafia gang in America. And it was kind of interesting, but uh, just enough to get me out of uh, yeah, my mind away, away for, for some time. Outside of Formula One, what sort of person are you? What do you think your friends would say about you? I'm not interested in, in Pierre Gassi, the racing driver, like the person. They'll say I'm a terrible, uh, a terrible loser. <laughs> which is very true and uh, no I'm ultra competitive in anything that I do which cost me partially some friendships at some point of my life but then we managed to uh, <laughs> we managed to recover from that um, and uh, no I will say what kind of person I think I'm uh, definitely definitely like a family person got a big family four uh, older brothers I have now I've just been an ankle for the seventh time um, oh. yeah, a couple of days ago. So yeah, the family is getting very big and uh, yeah, I'm loving it for me. It's my way of uh, recharging between the races when I get the time to see my parents, my brothers, nephews, nieces and um, yeah, big sport person. I love football. Usually people close to me that uh, cares about me always ask me to chill out for a bit and just try to look after myself but uh, I'm not the best one to do that it sounds like you're quite good at looking after yourself though I mean with your bubble baths and your movies that's a good yeah it's a good start <laughs> here and um, do you support a football team yeah actually they're playing tonight so uh, I'm a big PSG fan Are you? Um, I actually started playing football when I was a kid so I started at five I started carding at six so I was kind of doing both at the same time. I was spending more time practicing at karting, like going Wednesday, Saturdays. And I was playing in the first team in football at the same time. And I always remember one weekend I arrive on Sunday, like game day, and my trainer told me, okay, Pierre, look, you're focusing too much on karting. You've missed too many practice. This weekend you're playing with the B team. And I was like, what? B team? Me with the B team? Okay, no worries. I'm out. You won't see me anymore. That's the moment I need to, to make a decision. And uh, my decision has been made. I'll focus on karting and then I'll see you later. And, uh, and then I stopped, I stopped football uh, following that, um, that game. And uh, yeah, I think in the end I, I made the right choice. I was just about to say, when you said that your friends would describe you as as competitive i think we've probably just seen that i think you've just given us that insight to that <laughs> yeah this is a small extent but it's anything i do in my life whether we play cards whether, whether we play uno uh, we played uno over christmas i almost uh, lost uh, my brotherhood <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> with 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 my older brothers uh, it's, it's, it creates it just gets so competitive between all of us um 
But um, no, yeah, it's just, I think it's just that winning feeling. I don't know, I need to find a way to, to win something. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, ah, where, where am I going to get that excitement or adrenaline from today? And um, yeah, and then after, obviously, I have other hobby. I like fashion. Um, the, the last few years started to get to know the, the industry a bit more. And obviously, F1 opens so many doors in any environment any industries as well. So I'm just a curious guy and I like to learn new things in general. I like to learn from people, from their, their experiences. And, uh, and um, yeah, that's the, the chance we get with Formula One. We get to uh, co-host some podcasts with cool people like you. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Keep that. talking. And <laughs> <laughs> um, who, who do you think has got the best fashion in F1? I'll go with Lewis. Uh, I really like I really like what Lewis um, does, and for one reason is because he's just being himself. In F1, when I joined, people tried to cage you a bit. You're very easily judged. Uh, you're very. It's difficult to really be yourself because you got millions of people looking and judging every single word, uh, judging your your style, your sneakers, how you spend your time, where you put your focus on. But at the end of the day, you just want to be yourself. You know, you, obviously you've got to perform. Uh, but I think as an individual, we're all different. We're all unique. And um, yeah, Lewis always sticks to uh, what Lewis likes. And uh, even there were a lot of people bashing him and telling him off. He just say, OK, either you like me or, or you hate me. But at the end of the day, Lewis Hamilton, that's what you get. And uh, I think that's an approach I really like because I think it's important in life to accept people the way they are. And uh, and yeah, sometimes I like what he wears, sometimes I really don't like, but at least that's him and, uh, and I find it pretty cool. He was on the second episode of our podcast, Pierre, and uh, he said a really nice thing about you know, being yourself. And we got so many messages after it with people saying that. So I think uh, you're not alone with your opinion of Lewis on that one, which is really nice. Um, Lewis is English and me and Betty are English on this podcast. You are French, uh, but we have heard... Sorry for my accent. Well, no, don't. <laughs> on, the, on the opposite, we love your accent, but we have had a bit of inside information from another person who's been on a previous episode of this podcast, and that's James, who works for Alpine. Uh, if you were listening to episode one of this podcast, James popped up. Um, and James told us that you like learning English phrases. Is that the case? I mean, that's very true. I'm always kind of looking for new expressions, new phrases, new words, because obviously English is not my mother language. So, uh, yeah, James has been... Uh, Quite a good help. Well, I don't know if we can say good. Uh, you know, depends <laughs> on the vocal, vocabulary has been uh, uh, teaching me. But yeah, I'm surrounded by quite a lot of uh, of Brits at the moment. So I must say I'm, I'm making some uh, some pretty <laughs> pretty quick progress. Well, can we can we try and teach you a couple you might not have heard of? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what that I'm 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 uh, in for that. So I've got a good one for you, Pierre. I've got the ick. Do you know what that means? You've got the hick. Yeah, it's like some when someone does something like uh, which annoys you, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like gives you the hick. Yeah, yeah. If someone gives you the hick, but I hope I don't give you the hick. No, we love you. <laughs> yeah. No, no. no, no. <laughs> You're not giving us the hick. Would, would you say that? Would you say that only over someone you're into, or it can be anyone? It can be anyone, really. Um, what I want to know, Betty, is who gives Who the gives ick? me the ick? Uh, Christian gives me the ick. I knew. 
<laughs> I knew she was going to say that. Pierre, honestly, we're like, believe it or not, we are actually friends outside this podcast and I know her so well. And I couldn't tell. I knew she was going to say that. It was so pretty. I could see that a mile off. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, I've just finished the latest season of Drive to Survive and my favourite episode by far was devoted around you and Yuki. <laughs> Yuki Tanoda of Alpha Towery. And for those that don't know, you were with Alpha Towery until last season when you moved to Alpine. It seemed like Yuki was upset that you had left. And we all know, you know, drivers move. It's what happens. Is you Upset and sad. Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. he okay now? Is how How's Yuki is the question? No, yeah. I saw him in Bahrain. And uh, no, Yuki is, uh, Yuki is a fantastic guy. I really like like probably the most genuine person like you'll find in, in the paddock. It's just hilarious because he's, he's got literally zero filters. So whatever crosses his mind is out of his mouth within a, like less than a tenth. Like I've never seen that. And then he'll think afterward, oh my God, I should have never said that. Yeah, it's too late. Like it's, it's, it's out. And doesn't care whether there is a Netflix mic or whether there is F1 filming him, doesn't matter. He's just uh, very genuine and, um, and very caring. It's not easy to have this sort of rivalry on the track and being able to also be friends of the racetrack. Because once you, you put the visor down, it doesn't matter who drives the car. You know, it's, you just see it as a, as a target, as a, an opponent, and you've got to be better than them. And sometimes it can get a bit intense. We had our one or, or two clashes together. But then, yeah, once we, go, once we get out of the car, then we're just normal people and, and we just have a very good time. So we'll spend quite a lot of time at the restaurant. I've never seen a guy eating as much meat as, as he does. And even he's inside like such a small body, I don't, I don't really understand <laughs> or compre- comprehend uh, how he can digest so much food, but uh, <laughs> he, he gets away with it. So. Do you still speak to him? Are you st- like, are you still really close? Yeah, yeah, no, we speak a lot. Um, especially, I mean, last weekend, I've seen him on the, I've seen him at the track like pretty much every single day. We've seen him at the dr- drivers' meeting and um, came to catch up and ask what's happened on Saturday. And like, he was as annoyed as I was. Yeah. So <laughs> he was like, <laughs> no, no, it's a, uh, no, he's a great guy. And, and to be fair, he's also a very, very good driver. So um, yeah. No, he's uh, definitely one of my my best mates in the paddock. Best friends. That's what we like. We like the fact that, like, some of you have, like, really good relationships. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground with the fans. That's what I understood. They're just attracted to love story or drama. You choose. You pick the one you want. But Absolutely. And this, po- this podcast is all about love stories. All right, Pierre? We love it. We love best mates on this yeah, podcast. There is no hick. There is no hick no <laughs> between us. <laughs> Pierre, we, uh, uh, there's a trend to our interviews. They tend to go wildly away from Formula One. And then I tend to end <laughs> with asking a Formula One question. So sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, Saudi next. What's, what's the aim? Um, well, personally, like good qualifying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not supposed to laugh. But that's not funny. I was dead serious. Like, <laughs> you're, you're taking the piece here. <laughs> A better qualifying would be nice. I like I liked you. I liked you before. Why why you need to do me like that? No, no, like yeah, jokes aside, no, good Saturday and, and some more points. I know if we start in position, I think there are definitely definitely some big points on the table. So yeah, it's difficult to go with the result, but definitely getting closer to the top five, be in the mix with the the faster cars ahead of us. So I guess the Mercedes uh will be good to to battle them uh, 
in uh, in Saudi. I'd love to see a Merck Alpine battle. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. In terms of fashion and on the track, <laughs> I care more about the track. <laughs> yeah. Fashion, I can leave it to you. But then, no, no. I think honestly, Bahrain was was a decent start. Not as as good um, overall as we would have liked, but uh, there there were clearly some positives. So I think make a more complete weekend in Jeddah and I'm sure there will be uh, some some big points uh, available. And the most important question, will you come back and speak to us again on the Fast and the Curious? <laughs> I will. If you if you get back to me with some more phrases and words, I'll uh, come back for another English lesson. Absolutely. Okay, well hang on. This is this is a thing. Right. So, uh, you can get in touch with the Fast and the Curious in various ways. Email the Fast and the Curious at acast.com. DM us on Insta and TikTok. We want more English phrases to teach Pierre. And then the next time Pierre is on, we are going to read Pierre some phrases that our listeners want to teach him. That is, that's, we can do that, Pierre. Deal. We got a, we got a deal here. Pierre, <laughs> yes. you're a legend. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you very much. I'll get back in the simulator because I, I got to work for Saudi. So it was a lot of fun during <laughs> in the middle of my day and I'll get back, I get back to work. Enjoy it. Thank you, guys. Ta-ta. See you later. Bye. Top Bye. man. Thanks, Pierre. Bye. Bye-bye. Pierre loves a bit of English slang, doesn't he, Christian? Did you just hear him say ta-ta? He's just said ta-ta <laughs> to say goodbye. I had, until you picked up on that just then, I hadn't noticed he'd done that. It's hilarious. Anyway, we have had so many questions coming to us, haven't we, on this podcast from so many people. We've also had lots of DMs about Logan Sargent's burgers, but we'll get onto that one day. And one of those people who's been in touch, Betty, is with us. Yeah, hello, Ellie. Welcome to The Fast and the Curious. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? We're good, we're good. Thank you so much for joining us on The Fast and the Curious. We believe you watched the Bahrain Grand Prix for the first time. This was your first time ever watching a Grand Prix. Um, Yeah, can confirm. Ellie, was the reason you got into Formula One and watched your first race because of this podcast? Yes, it was. Boom. Well, this and also half this and half the TikTok algorithm. Amazing. You, you know, you and Daniel Ricciardo can share that mantle, um, which is a great group to be in, I would say. But Happy to be on the pedestal with Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, what a legend. Happy to share that. So firstly, I guess, how did you find it? I found it quite stressful. I won't lie to you. I don't really watch sports. Not a sports fan. Don't really understand the concept of sports. Um, sorry, that's, I know that's sacrilege to both of you. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it, but I think as somebody who A, has never watched sports before really, and B, doesn't really understand cars, it was I, <laughs> the questions I had about the entire enterprise were not the questions that my boyfriend could answer. He was ready for like car questions. And I was like, the human side of this is fascinating. And he was like, I don't, what are you saying? This is a sport. <laughs> Let me see if I can do what your boyfriend couldn't. <laughs> there's, there's a tagline for the podcast. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Hi, Ellie's boyfriend, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> right, sticking to Formula One. Ellie, go on. Try, try me. Um, okay, my first question. Do they change the colour of the tyres every year? As in, like, which what are hard, medium and soft? And if so, why? No, they don't. So in the past, they used to be different colours, but that was very complicated. But for a good few years, red has been soft, yellow has been medium, white has been hard... And then when it rains, then we get two more colours. If it's a bit wet, you have an intermediate tyre that's green. If it's very wet, you have a full wet tyre that is blue. Okay. 
because I thought the I thought they changed colour and that seemed like a like I don't obviously know the sport better than most people, but I feel like I could have gone in and be like, guys, let's save some confusion here. Let's just keep it the same. So I'm glad that no, they. Oh yeah, and and now and they listen to you. You're right. Colours stay the same, so that's good. So we've done one. That's good. Colour of tyres. Um, next question. <laughs> I feel like I'm interviewing you. I'm so sorry. Um, has it always been like this, like this cult of personality, even pre-Drive to Survive? Because I can't work out whether it's always been like this, you know, like the team being celebrities almost, as opposed to just the drivers. Has it always been like that? Or has Drive to Survive made that like 10 times more? That is a great question. So uh, you didn't get anywhere near, when I was watching F1 in the 2000s, you didn't get anywhere near as much of it. F1 had its big stars like Michael Schumacher and Fernando Alonso, but you didn't know as much about Certainly the way Gunter Steiner of Haas has become a bit of a celebrity. No, that's a massive drive to survive thing. And also a social media thing. You mentioned the memes and that sort of thing and TikTok. It's a big drive to survive social media thing. One thing I love drive to survive for is I always say the more you know about F1, the more you love it. Because it's like, ah, but this means a lot for the third place battle. So it's helped unlock all the stories up and down the paddock and that's i think probably betty am i right that's also how you've got into it a bit because you just love good sports stories yeah 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 earlier in this episode i was talking about how i love like competition but other than that i just love sports stories i love like the people behind the sport like what makes these athletes tick how do they get to like the top of their game there's just so much to go at and f1 is just so dramatic but my boyfriend always used to say he was like a first lap, last lap kind of guy. Cause he was like, I don't really know what else there is to F1. Like you first lap, cool, last lap, they win the race. And then when he actually watched the Bahrain Grand Prix, which is like probably the first time he's actually sat there and paid attention to the full race. He was like, oh my God, there's so much going on. It's so dramatic. Like you can hear everything. And he really got into it. So yeah, there's, there's so much to it, isn't it, Ellie? Yeah, it felt like succession, but in cars, like there was so much going on and I was just like, oh my God. Great analogy. <laughs> Such a good analogy. I loved it. Ellie, I've got a question for you, actually. How did your weekend pan out? Like, how did you sit down and watch it? What happened? What did you do? Um, oh, well, I would like it on record that I went to the gym in the morning to prep just because I don't often go to the gym and I feel like that will surprise people that know me. So I'd just like to put that on record <laughs> forever. Um, good. Um, and we sat down and watched it with popcorn. Um, to make it like a official thing and I was I, we didn't watch my partner watched qualifying um, but I didn't um, yeah and then we sat down with popcorn and made it into a big thing he was like do you want to hear the Bahrainian National Anthem and I was like sure why not and it popped <laughs> off so that's great that's amazing so you didn't commit to the full weekend but you fully committed to Sunday yeah fully committed to the Sunday and then he was testing me on all the names on the thing and like the flags which we do with when he watches the football because I like to test myself on flags because I'm very very cool love this um, so love yeah it was, it was fun it was a good couple of hours Ellie, we've loved having you on. Thank you so much for coming in and asking some questions. It's been a lot. Of, and I just love the fact that this podcast has been a, a big help in getting you into F1. It's so lovely. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Oh, Ellie, come back again throughout the season. We've loved having you. Uh, and thank you for listening to us on The Fast and the Curious. Thanks, Ellie. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, guys. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. 
Sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends April 30th. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities. So do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 for three-month plan equivalent to $15 per month required. New subscribers only. Renew for 12 months to lock in savings. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, thanks, Ellie. Ellie was very lovely. Uh, so we are going to do a couple more questions at the end of the podcast. Uh, quick reminder of how to get in touch. The Fast and the Curious at acast.com. DM us on Instagram, Fast Curious Pod. Uh, and on TikTok, we are The Fast and The Curious Pod. Send us a message on there and we will keep answering your questions as the season goes on. Yeah, get in touch with us, please. We're going to go on to uh, some of those quickfire questions at the end. But before that, we've been speaking to another driver. Well, you've been speaking to another driver. Christian, who have you been speaking to? Yeah, Greg and Betty were being very busy and important. I had absolutely nothing to do. So I decided to fill an afternoon by going and speaking to Lando Norris. Could be a lot worse, couldn't There's it? There's a theme here in this podcast, Christian, is that... Um, Go on. <laughs> me and Greg are always busy. You're the glue holding it together. Yeah, well, that's how I see it, really. I mean, the, the, the entire operation is a shambles bar me, so yeah. Or you just don't have a lie. I think both can be true. So you've been speaking to Lando Norris... Talk me through how this went, because I believe you rocked up in a lovely little hire car. Right. Most people listening to this will have never been to McLaren's HQ. The McLaren Technology Centre looks like a spaceship. It looks like something that could be on, like, Tony Stark's base at Marvel. It's ridiculous. Me and producer Jimmy rock up in a hire car with a load of equipment that we borrowed for the day. Jimmy, what was the hire car? Can you remember? It's Skoda Fabia. It wasn't a Skoda Fabia. It wasn't quite Betty Skoda Fabia level, but it wasn't great. As we're leaving, <laughs> we're trying to find the exit. I'm driving. I take a wrong turn. I then look to my left and there were like six ridiculous McLaren supercars. So on the right is a lake and a glass-fronted spaceship. On the left is like six supercars. I have never been more panicked in all my life. I just wanted to get out and stop. Yeah, and you're not the best driver either, I, I imagine. Sorry? Well, I just don't think you're the most amazing driver. I think you're probably a bit scatty. You've never been in a car with me. How have you come to yeah, this conclusion? Yeah, I just know your general aura. <laughs> right, I am a, I am a fine driver. <laughs> this conversation's finished now. Thanks very much. Um, I had a lovely chat to Lando Norris. For those that don't know much about Lando, he's been phenomenally impressive driving for McLaren since making his F1 debut in 2019. Uh, He's pretty much the team leader at McLaren. He was much quicker than Daniel Ricciardo last season. And I think the way he outpaced Daniel Ricciardo shocked the F1 world. Uh, He's now got Oscar Piastri alongside him, but Lando is a potential F1 superstar of the future. Very few have doubts that he will win races and possibly even world championships too. And he's our latest driver to join us on the Fast and the Curious. Oh, someone's done a water for me. Oh, we've done a water for you, but have another. Look at that. Spoiled. Got sparkling and still on the go. Spoiled for choice. It's not quite an egg sandwich, but it's something. Is that your breakfast of choice? What? Water? What? No, egg sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a little poached egg. Avocado. Mm. Excellent. Um, 
We are at the McLaren Technology Centre. I think there will be a lot of people listening to this who have no idea what that is or means. Sure. Explain it, paint a picture of it, because to me it's like a James Bond land. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Um, it's probably one of the coolest buildings, I'd say, in the world, no? Yeah. It's my office. Uh, this is my place of work, um, as well as the car. But it's, uh, if you've seen Fast and Furious, it's in that. Is it? It is, it is. Uh, what else? Like Star Wars or something, right? And oh, I'm not a Star and Wars or. person. <clears throat> Star Wars spinoff. Um, we've we've all learned something here. Yeah, so it's in a, it's in a few different movies, um, but yeah, it's been used quite a bit. It's just uh, yin and yang. If you look at it from a bird's eye view, the building's like yin and the lake's yang. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I then it, it was learned. Then it looks like a piston because this is like the head of the piston. Then you got TLC, which is another little building underground down there and like connects up so it looks like a piston from above and there are Formula 1 cars in reception which is yeah many different cars in reception always reception is like a historic walk back in time you grew up as a Formula 1 fan right because not every F1 yes. driver did so do you ever have those moments of walking into as you say this mad spaceship film set place of work and seeing all those cars of Mika Hacken and Jensen Button and Lewis Hamilton and thinking it is cool, isn't it? It is cool. Um, I mean, I still think that now. That's like to, to walk in and do that. Uh, but I remember my first time here was like 2013 or something. A uh, long, long time ago. And I was scared like to walk into this building. Because all of it looks the same. And when you go underground, you got like these channels down. I got lost so easily. But uh, it was the coolest place on earth. Walking down the boulevard, seeing all the current cars, seeing the current car being built. It was like a dream. And now I'm working here. It's like my little home. So... Pretty epic. When we first met, we were in a very windy, I think we were in London, hotel. And you and George Russell were there because you were the two oh, yeah. new exciting Brits. Yeah. To me, you looked at, I think it was your first big F1 media thing. Probably. Because it was days before the Australian Grand Prix. And yeah. you did look a little nervous. I mean, you would be. Oh, I was. Yeah. It's not yeah, a normal yeah. thing to do. And now you're almost like the McLaren team leader and you're not this new person to Formula One anymore yeah so to me it's quick a, huh well has it yes to me it feels like all of a sudden Lando's not the exciting new kid anymore he's the exciting fast kid old he's kid. been around a while we're not old I wouldn't say that no it has gone past so quickly it's my fifth season of Formula One it doesn't feel like that really that long ago it was my first especially like the last two years like Covid passed time quite quickly of course it did yeah it's weird it's weird thinking like where I was just a few years ago, where I am now, um, I guess for the first time in my career, being the older guy, the older teammate, um, I've not had that since I've entered racing. So it's my first year of, of this. Um, so a bit more responsibility on my shoulders to help the team, to lead them, to use my experience of Formula One, to use my experience of working with this team for the past you know, five, six years. But all, yeah, just all stuff I love, you know, it's all exciting and, and different things, but uh, all stuff helping us move in the, Right direction, I hope. In my old job, when new people came in to do the job and were much younger than me, it made yeah. me feel old. Has Oscar uh -huh. coming in now made you feel... Are you like, who's this child? And you're making me feel no, old. No, because he's, he's, he's a little bit taller than me. That's <laughs> <coughs> all uh, I probably shouldn't have admitted that. I'm way taller than Oscar. Yes, of um, course. We'll edit that. That's fine. Uh, but uh, no, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't. Um, I don't know how much younger he is. A year and a bit or something. So I think that's like an acceptable amount. If yeah, it was like fine. he came in, I was 19 and I'm like down 23. Uh, it's like four years is, is a lot. But 
Uh, I think he's like 21 or something or 22. So I, I've not thought of it yet. Maybe with time. But uh, no, so far he's just, uh, just my teammate. We spoke to George Russell on this podcast. You're aware of him and his work? I've, I've heard of him, yeah. You've heard of him. He told me something. I'm a, like, I'm an F1 geek. Yep. The other presenters of this podcast, Greg and Betty, who sent their apologies for not being here, yeah. uh, take the mickey out of me for being a massive anorak. I have very little personality or life outside of being a Formula 1 fan. It's what people uh-huh. know before. I don't get out much. But George told me something that I didn't know. Okay. And that apparently is there is an F1 driver's WhatsApp group. True. I'm fascinated by <laughs> this. How frequently do you post in it? And what for you are the headlines of the WhatsApp group? No, it's, it's true. It's true. It's it's um, not so much like, a, hey, we're all mates, like let's chat. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's a lot more for talking about things that can help us as drivers in terms of uh, rules, regulations. It's more like, how can we represent ourselves? I don't know how much he reveals. Well, like, let me let me tell you something. He's, he's like the head of it. Yeah, because he's the head of the Grand Prix yeah. Drivers Association, sure. And Alex Verts, he told us about uh-huh. as well. Your phone's sat over there. Can you not show us? You look at the screen. Right. Don't worry, his don't te- worry. His team look really nervous at the back of the room. It's fine. Well, I won't look. It's fine. We're all friends. It's, it's podcast. It's fine. Oh, here we go. F1 driver chat. F1 driver chat. He's looking at it now. We've got James Hunt as a group photo. James Hunt. So for new <laughs> Formula One fans, James Hunt is what? Like the, the uh, rock and roll F1 driver of the 70s. Let's see. I mean, oh, Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. So that everyone was wishing each other Happy New Year? Yep. Did anyone wish George happy birthday? It was his birthday recently? No, not on the No? <laughs> Poor George. Slightly awkward. <laughs> who's, who's posting frequently in it? A little bit of everyone. A little bit of everyone. Okay, we, we all kind of are chatting and working together to come up with different ideas and... We've got Esteban, we've got Joe, we've got Alex. Uh, everyone everyone chats in it. But that's nice. I can't find any memes. And what was your last contribution? Was it a, was it a moan? Admit it. Was, it. was it moaning about car parking or something? Everyone loves a moan in a WhatsApp group. Is there a bit of a moan at any point? Um, no, no. Constructive criticism. <laughs> Excellent. Right. We'll move on with that. As, we were, as you came into the room, yeah. you were talking about breakfast and coffee. Yes. How much of a food person are you? Because coffee, I've spotted, has become an increasing topic of conversation amongst Formula One drivers. We're Valtteri Bottas, big coffee yeah, yeah, person. Yeah. You were talking about a Cortado earlier. Are you a coffee man? No. Oh, really? No, no, no. Not at all? No, no tea, no coffee. Is that a conscious choice or is that you just... I just don't like it. If I really have to have it because we have an early start or something, I'll do it. But you don't I, don't, f- I don't like it. I don't, I don't feel like it affects me either. Oh, really? I think it's too, like, mental... It's probably not. It's probably scientifically... I mean, it is scientifically proven to help, but um, I don't feel like it helps me at all, really. You're not fulfilling the stereotype of the British Formula One driver. When I was in Bahrain last year, so many of the British press were moaning they couldn't get a good cup of tea. Yeah, see, nah. Not for you. Not what tea does, yeah. Um, It doesn't even taste good. I don't think it does, but but actually I still like it. It's Uh, weird. Weird. Anyway, um, how's gaming going? For those that have have never heard an interview with you, you're a big gamer, Twitch streamer. How's all that side of things going? It's going actually really well. So my my esports organization quadrant is is actually going very well. I maybe I'm not gaming quite as much as what I used to. Uh, I won't lie. I still enjoy every now and then getting online with my my friends and I'm playing uh, and doing some things. But I've become a little bit more of an outdoorsy. I mean, I don't. Yeah, a little bit more of an outdoorsy person, you know. So is that your more your switch off time rather than because gaming's a big switch off for me? I no, it, is, it is literally my switch off time. You know, it's um, I used to bring it to races and take it everywhere with me, uh, my laptops. Now, like when I go away, it's you know 
I'm there to, to do work and I'm there to focus on Formula One. So I don't really game anywhere apart from when I'm now back home. But even I'm not home that much. And when I'm home, I probably prefer to go and do a little bit of golf and go out to dinner with my friends golf, and things you? like that. Yeah. How good are you? Not, not that good. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks I'm really good because I speak about it so much. But it uh, doesn't mean I'm any good. I'm getting there, but it's just, it takes time. Gaming's very much my switch off. Yeah. And I play the F1 2022 career mode that's my I don't don't want to go online I don't want to talk to anyone I just want yep. to go in a little my own space you just won the world championship on my career I did you did congratulations thank you very much everyone absolutely stormed it beat Max and Charles it was a bit of a three way fight so not bad that no no you I'm did excellent yeah I'm coming for you next year we my are, value gone up I mean more say that again my value's gone up as a driver oh yeah you're like top of the rankings with you Lewis Charles and Max, yeah. you're like very tough. I couldn't afford you for my team. So good, good to know. Yeah, Maybe that's you, the, like a future. We're channeling the future. And you won it with McLaren as well. Everyone's happy. Good things to come. Your team at the Everyone. back of the room are looking good. Hey, we're channeling positivity through my F1 career mode. Um, right, we're going to talk to someone called Kirsty. Yes. Now, Kirsty is one of our The Fast and the Curious listeners. She told us that her favourite driver is, her favourite team is McLaren. Her favourite drivers are Lando Norris and George Russell. Okay. I think because of favourite the second, but the first one's okay. No, you're, you're, I think you're, you're pairing your joint first. You're like, wait, George is a nice man. We like George. Okay, okay. Now, Kirsty doesn't know that you're here. She doesn't know that we're here at the home of McLaren. Yep. She thinks she's coming on the podcast to be part of a little regular feature where we talk about who their favourite drivers are sure. and why. Sure. So we're not going to tell her that... Uh, here. You're here for the first question. Okay, okay. Sure now, there's, there's a mirror behind us, so we really need to be careful about that. Um, I'll, I'll hide behind you in the mirror. <laughs> and she's in the waiting room. And she's so in the waiting room. So turn the camera off for stars. Producer Jimmy's getting everything set up. You're going to need to put those headphones on for this to hear Kirsty. Okay, okay. Kirsty's in the chat. So, Delando, in the nicest possible way, this is where we need you to be quiet. I'm hiding. She can't see me, right? Hey, Kirsty, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me again? We can hear you loud and clear. Oh, I love your McLaren picture in the background, <laughs> Kirsty. Thanks. Who's that? Uh, it's Lando. It's Lando. Excellent. Um, Kirsty, hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? We are very well, thank you very much. Kirsty, just tell us a little bit of about yourself and tell us, uh, well, a bit about who you are and your favourite Formula One driver. I live in the Midlands. Uh, my favourite team is McLaren and my favourite driver is Lando Norris. I want to talk to you about a cool thing. You were surprised by him once, weren't you? Just tell us what happened and what you said to him. We were told we were pre-recording a question for him. There was like the producer in there, like I was the only one that had my camera on because they were recording it for the video. And then they said, just ask your question, then that'll be it. And then like you can go about your evening. So I asked my question uh, and then this just video starts later than just Lando pops up. I mean, my initial reaction is on the video, um, but I was just like, oh my God. That's a bit sneaky of them, a bit naughty. Was he nice? Yeah, he was really nice. Um, I think we kind of suspected it might happen. Because there were just some things that happened just before the call that was just a bit suspicious. Yeah. Kirsty, sorry to interrupt you. We're struggling to hear you a little bit. I'm just going to get a technical person. Bear with me a second. Hold the line for a brief second and we'll come straight back to you. Right. Kirsty can't hear us. What do you think she knows? She suspected it last time. No, I don't think so. She okay. seems too relaxed. Okay, fine. So what we're going to do is bring Lando into the... Is the camera's going to be okay? Yeah, there's one behind you. Okay. Let's bring Lando into the frame. Oh, she has a good photo, huh? She has a good photo. One of my, I got that. I got the original of them. Have you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're gonna. I'm gonna go back on audio first. Kirsty, can you still hear us? Okay. Okay. I've just got a technical person with me who's just gonna check a few things. Oh my goodness! <laughs> hello, hello. 
I'm I'm actually the last technical person you should ever talk to. Did we surprise you better this time? Be honest. You did a good job. Did you expect did you expect it? Did you have a suspicion? No. Oh, perfect. Listen, I don't want to get in the way. It's your favorite Formula 1 driver in the world. So you Kirsty, have a have a chat, you know. I'm, I'll I'll have a drink, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm shaking. What questions you got? You got any questions? Um are you looking forward to this year? Oh, come on. You can do better than that. <laughs> I've heard that one about a hundred times this year so far. What bad things are about me? Come on, I need honesty here. Did you hear that question, Kirsty? What are the bad things about me? Uh, I don't know, really. None. What a horrible question. That was a test. Good answer. You won. Kirsty, final thing. What are you most excited about for the upcoming Formula One season? Um... McLaren to do better. Oh, no pressure. Have we surprised you too much? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Good, 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 good. Kirsty, I'll leave you to say goodbye to Lando Norris. No, thank you. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That was a cruel question to ask a fan. What are the bad things yeah, about Yeah, but look, that, that's what makes a true fan. What, that she could say... You, well, I mean, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't. No, I, don't, no, I just no, said that. Don't need to say that. I don't know what I said. <laughs> it was good fun. Um, finally, Lando Norris, um, let's end on a Formula one question. By the end of the year, what would we have liked to have happened? I would love, 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 love to be in a position where I can be confident that uh, in 24 we can fight for podiums. So stepping stone to bigger success in 24 is the plan? Yes, I think, you know, this season we have the new wind tunnel coming. Yeah. We have the new simulator coming, uh, which I actually saw last night for the first time. It's beautiful, beautiful. Um, so that should get up and running fairly, fairly soon. Still a bit of work to do, but, um, so, and these, these two things are, you know, been things which have been in the, in the works for quite some time, but they're also things which, um, we need, uh, to be able to fight against the the top few teams and also some final steps to really get the, the rest of the team in the perfect position. So I think if we can complete those things this season, stuff like the wind tunnel should be done halfway through the year. Um, so we should get our first look at next year's car in both our old wind tunnel and new one. So we can, uh, you know, already start to see what areas we can further improve with the new wind tunnel. And uh, yeah, I think, I think the main thing is being in a place where we're confident we're taking steps forward and give ourselves, give everyone the team that the confidence that we're, we're not far away. Although we have a lot of work to do um, and the distance and the gap is still big that we've got to close. We're not far away. We just need those last few things to really come together. And, and once that's done, everyone needs to be ready to get their heads down even more and, and fight for it. The big question is, we're, we're hoping to chat to a select group of Formula One drivers throughout the season. Yeah. Will you come back and chat to us again? Of course I will. We would love that. I'll charge, but... Well, that's fine. Okay. Greg James cool. can pay for that. Lando Norris, it's been a pleasure. Thank you Good so luck much. this season. We'll speak to you soon. I'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Oh, that was a nice chat, Christian. He sounds like a lovely lad. I've spoken to Lando quite a few times. He's probably the F1 driver I've interviewed most. He's just consistently lovely. I knew you were going to say Yeah, he's so, so nice. He's such a nice guy. He's very funny as well. So, uh, yeah, we hope things improve for McLaren and we hope to see Lando battling towards the front end. And we are going to check in with both Lando and Oscar Piastri, who was on a previous episode of The Fast and the Curious throughout the season. We love McLaren. 
Go McLaren. Go McLaren. Right. Um, before this episode finishes then, let's get into some listeners' questions because we've got quite a few that have come through. We've got so many. Asking, so many. Yeah, but they're all asking for your help and your wisdom, basically, Christian, which is always dangerous. But in the world <laughs> of F1, it's amazing. So let's start with Chloe and Charlotte then. They've both asked the same question. Um, they say, I love keeping up and watching F1, but I never understand when they're talking about the cars using their DRS. Please, can you just quickly explain? Explain this. Yes, Chloe and Charlotte, I can. DRS stands for Drag Reduction System. It was bought into F1 a few years ago to try and improve overtaking. If a driver is within one second of the driver in front of them, at certain points of the circuit, uh, there's typically about three DRS zones on a circuit, always on a straight. They press the DRS button. A little flap on the back of the rear wing opens. That gives them a little bit of a speed boost and it helps them overtake the car in front of them. So three DRS zones, typically on a circuit, always on the straight, press the DRS button, flap opens, you get a little bit of a boost. Right, can I just point out here, I've got to the end of the question, wasn't looking at the screen that we're recording this on, and now Betty and producer Jimmy are in hysterics of laughter, and I don't understand why. Jimmy! (laughs) Jimmy, by the way, very immature, started laughing. Betty's full on lost it. So it was the way I said the word flap and then did like a rear wing flap with my hands. That's what's caused this, is it? You know, when you said earlier, I'm the glue that holds this podcast together. You're spot on. You're spot on. Anyway. Uh, I'm really, I'm really sorry. Um, right, let's move on. I feel on like then. that was a shambles. Chloe and Charlotte, I hope we answered the question. Right, next question is from Emily. Um, she says, so probably a bit daft, but I really am baffled by Esteban Ocon's race in Bahrain. All the penalties and then stopping early. Please, can you explain this a bit? Uh, what happened? What happened? And what are the different penalties that drivers get during the races? I don't think Emily was the only one who asked this as well. I saw quite a few DMs about this. Um, so... Drivers typically get time penalties. What that means is, say the winner of the race, Max Verstappen, it took him an hour and a half, but got given a 10 second penalty. Sergio Perez in second had completed the race in an hour and a half and five seconds. Max Verstappen's 10 second time penalty would put him into second in the race because he got given a 10 second penalty. Betty, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So that's how time penalties work. Time penalties can be added on at the end of the race. So it's like 10 seconds added on to your race time and that will put you down the running order. But often penalties are served during the race and that's what happened with Esteban. So Esteban's first penalty, he was given to him because he hadn't quite been in the right grid position. He'd been a bit too far forward for the start of the race and therefore he was given a five second penalty what that means is you come into the pits and before the team changes your tires or whatever you need to do they have to wait five seconds but an alpine team member only waited 4.6 seconds so he got given a 10 second time penalty so later on in the race he had to come into the pits to serve a 10 second time penalty but esteban accidentally went too fast on the way into the pit lane broke the pit lane speed limit and therefore was given a a 15 second time penalty. So Esteban was given three penalties in a race and that actually equals the most amount of penalties ever given in a race. And that's what happened to Esteban. Betty, does that make sense? Are you still with me? I am still with you. I think you explained that really well. That was quite complicated. Okay, let's move on to Kat then. The final question. Can you explain the difference between hard and soft tyres, please, Christian? Yeah, so in a Formula One Grand Prix, there are three compounds of tyres, three types of tyre. 
hard, soft, and medium. The softs are typically the quickest, but they wear out fastest. The mediums are in the middle. The hard are typically the slowest, but they last longer. The drivers have to use in a dry race at least two of those. So if you're doing a one pit stop race, you might go from soft to hards or soft to medium. You can't just go soft to soft. And that is how strategy is born in Formula One. Very clever people work out what's going to be the quickest way to the end of the race. Is it get a boost off the line and go really fast on the softs, but make an earlier pit stop? Is it do a longer first into the race on a slower, harder tyre, but not have to wait until you pit for a bit longer and then pit in? Or is it start on the mediums and get a fine balance in between the two? And some races are one pit stop, some are two, some are even three. That is the difference between hard and soft tyres. Smashed it. Love it. Well done. You should do this for a living, Christian, explaining F1 stuff. Thanks, Betty. And we will keep doing questions as we go along. So email them to us, thefastandthecurious at acast.com. DM us on Insta, fastcuriouspod. And on TikTok, we are thefastandthecuriouspod. And that's pretty much it for this week. But we'll be back next week. And Betty Glover will now tell us what we can expect on that podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited for next week's episode. Uh, We're going to obviously look ahead to the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And our co-host for next week is Alex Albon. And it's very important you subscribe A lot of podcasts, like, we're on every Tuesday. We're not, because Formula One drivers have a busy schedule. We might just pop up. So it's therefore very important that you like or subscribe or follow whatever your podcast provider says. And we really appreciate it. It really helps us if you can give us nice ratings, because there are loads of F1 podcasts out there, and we want ours to be the best one. Of course we do. So like, subscribe, follow, give us a nice rating, and we'll be back next week. This has been fun, hasn't it, Betty? It's been so fun, Christian. I absolutely love spending my my time talking to you. It's delightful. Goodbye. I'm not even going to respond to the sarcasm there. Bye. (laughs) ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Sarah. And this is Beth. And we are Pantsuit Politics, a podcast where we take a different approach to the news. We talk about news, we talk about politics, but we also talk about parenting and travel and pop culture and how all of that affects how we understand the world. We're really different people. Sometimes you'll hear us agree and sometimes not. We think that's where the fun is. We laugh and learn together and with all of you twice a week, every week. Pantsuit Politics is about engaging with each other and the news without the anxiety and the frustration. We hope you'll join our conversation every Tuesday and Friday because politics doesn't have to be exhausting. Our listeners tell us it's like time spent with your good friends who did their homework. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>